Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be looking into what it means to have an animal guide and what the message is in the type of animal guide who comes to work with you. But before we dig into what animal guides are, why they work with people, and what it all means, let's start with the most common question. Is what I'm seeing all in my head? We've been taught daydreams are just figments of our imagination, and this is the basis of some of the more terrifying horror movies and a long-lasting trope in fantasy and YA stories. Just think Wizard of Oz or Alice in Wonderland. We're fascinated by these stories because our thoughts and dreams aren't real, but what if they were? Because of this teaching, this unlearning and forgetting we do in childhood, we come to think of our heads as closed systems. We think things only get out or get in our head when we act to make it so. To see something, we must look. To express something, we must act. As an aside, this is why subliminal messages are illegal in advertising. They play on our erroneous assumption that we control what gets in, thereby getting messages in under the radar without our consent or acknowledgement. Now, this isn't to say being taught this notion of a closed noggin is wrong. It's not, and in fact has a purpose. We're meant to focus on this life, and not be distracted with extraneous things. We agreed and even desired to have this brief respite from constant and instantaneous communication, so we could explore ourselves fully without minimal disruption or negative consequences. So, thinking we're a closed system is a good thing. However, it's not really true. As we knew when we were children, our daydreams are a conversation between the embodied reality we're experiencing and the greater reality of the world beyond this microcosm. This is why some people will have what they consider serial daydreams, where the action seems to keep going, even while they aren't actively daydreaming. As if the daydream continues while they're away and they are dropping in at a later point already in progress. More than likely, it is, and they are. This is why deep and important truths about ourselves and the world around us seem to unfold from our daydreams. It's not all about our subconscious, if such a thing actually exists, but about an ongoing conversation happening only marginally in linear time. What I'm saying is daydreaming is an Akashic meditation. What you experience isn't all in your head any more than what is said in a conversation over dinner is completely controlled by you. If you want to check this out for yourself, Next time you're daydreaming about something, try changing some random aspect of it. Try changing the setting, the flooring, the ceiling, or the sky. Try changing what the people are wearing. You'll find you either can't, or the change is momentary and returns almost immediately to what it was before. It's as if you looked at the person you're having dinner with, told them you didn't like their eye color, and then tried to change it for them. They would just look at you funny because A, rude, and B, are you kidding me? If you can change something in the scenario, then it's something you brought with you, something in your head. If it's something you can't change, then it's part of the conversation. 
It's in the Akashics. It's either something the other party is trying to tell you, or it's part of the place. Either way, it's not irrelevant, but has meaning, and you should pay attention to it. One more note. Most people expect to see or experience fantastical things in the Akashics right out of the gate. Some do, but it's fairly unusual. Just like in dreams and daydreams, everything about an Akashic journey or meditation is a conversation. The language it is using is fully sensory, so visual and auditory, physical, and sometimes there can be taste if the situation includes eating and drinking. This means how things look, feel, and sound have meaning. The point of any conversation, here or in the Akashics, being to express meaning in the best, clearest, fullest way possible, the message in a journey or meditation is coded in ways which will be as clear and easy for you to understand as possible. I mean, when we're trying to get something across to another person, we don't speak in a language we know they won't understand. Heck, we'll move away from vocal language altogether. Progressing from hand gestures to pantomime and even into interpretive dance if we get frustrated enough. Beings in the Akashics are no different. If the images and experiences you have are so out of your range of experience that you can't comprehend them or stay in the meditation, then what's the point? Most people find over time, as they become more accustomed to this type of work, to the visual sensory form of communication in the Akashics, that the vocabulary the experiences, the beings, and possibilities expand into what we would consider fantastical. So, with that in mind, let's talk a bit about animal guides. Aside from my online class, Discover Kabbalah and the Tree of Life, all of my classes introduce you first to your personal room in the Akashics and to your animal guide. This being might appear as a pet you've cherished or a favorite animal character from childhood. It may present as an animal which you have an affinity for, or one which you've been intrigued by. If you think you're making this animal up for some reason, remember you can check by trying to make it change into something else. Most will simply resist this and wait patiently. Animal guides do have the ability to present themselves in a variety of ways, because their appearance is part of the conversation. The most evident way is to first show themselves as a beloved pet. This is rarely who they truly are, but the point of this initial contact is to create connection or relationship between you and to support you in the journey. Often people on first seeing their animal guide will have a deep emotional release. Animal guides know this will be the case and are not only accepting, but supportive. Releasing deep emotions Bringing things to the surface where they can be healed and converted to wisdom is part of what they agreed to support you in doing when working with you in the Akashics. There are two types of animal guides which can appear to students first working in the Akashics. One is an animal guide who is best suited to working with you personally, as well as in conjunction with the class material. This can be any type of animal, even those which don't exist in embodied life, like unicorns or griffins. This animal guide is a person, a being, an intelligent soul just like the student. It answered the call of the student not only because their skills and personality were a best match, 
but the animal guide's physical expression was a reflection and message for the student to work with. It's common for students to overlook this fact as they are presented with so many new experiences, but it's something to return to at some point. The animal guide not only has wisdom and information for their person, but is in itself a message. This is why I recommend each student supplement their Akashic studies with physical studies of their particular animal. The animal's habits, habitat, place in the ecosystem they live in, food source and method of acquiring food, etc., all will have particular meaning for the student. For example, unless the animal guide who greets you is an octopus or a chameleon, both of which can change colors, then the color and size of the animal guide has meaning. Nothing about them is random. It's all message, both personal and contextual, for the student. What I have found over the years is when studying an animal guide, the amount of effort you put into understanding who and what they are is equivalent to the wisdom you receive. If you simply see them as a dog, cat, or bird, then that's all the understanding you receive, both about them and about yourself. If you look closer and dig deeper, the levels of self as well as Akashic understanding are enormous and transformative. The other type of animal guide students meet is big cats. By this, I mean the large predators, from lynx to lion and everything in between. These animal guides come when the student is preparing for or in a time of deep personal spiritual transition. This means even though intellectually or practically the student felt they were drawn to the class for X reasons, there is much more going on. The soul is requesting this be an opportunity to combine the education skills and personal experience and expansion, which the class affords, with a major transformation in their life, whether it's a deep dive into embodied spiritual practice, the taking on of their soul's path, healing of a foundational wound, or an awakening to a deeper level of existence. The big cats do not concern themselves with universal matters of soul outside of the physical realm. They answer a call when the soul-level transformation is preparing to occur in this embodied life. The big cats are experts at helping us navigate these processes as well as heralds of them. Their arrival signals we are entering into or have begun such a process. Many times we meet them before the process begins and Knowing what they are and why they come into our lives, we can then make an informed choice to go forward or to turn aside. Like other animal guides, the type of cat is a message and extremely relevant to the student. Research on how they live, what they eat, how they hunt will provide a richness of insights. For instance, cheetahs are not only fast, but they run down their prey, expending masses of energy in short bursts after long periods of stalking, as opposed to mountain lions, which situate themselves on ledges and in the branches of trees. They like to leap down on their prey, letting the weight, the impact, and the shock disable the target, giving the lion an easy advantage for not a lot of effort. People go through many transformative or liminal moments in their lives. Marriage, midlife, Saturn return, childbirth, divorce, career change, 
taking on an iconic role or authority such as doctor or lawyer, and many, many more. The list may be endless. One thing that is common to all of these things, however, is they are not light changes which touch only our surface persona. They transform our own identity. They change our experience of ourselves on the inside and our expression of ourselves on the outside, which transforms our portion of the manifestation of all that is. This is sacred work honored by those who behold it and those who are blessed to support it. Big cats come when these transitions are imminent and are the best type of guide to help us get through them if we actively participate in the process and allow their support. It's unfortunate, but most people never truly acknowledge their presence and ignore them when working in the Akashics, leaving a huge amount of learning and becoming on the table, as it were. No matter what type of animal guide you meet, or how many, there are certain things you should keep in mind. One is they are just as intelligent and intellectual as you, and in a very similar way. The body they are showing up in isn't an indicator of the soul inside and isn't a limitation. It's part of the communication. It helps to think of them as an equal, as another person, rather than as an animal or a pet. Also, animal guides can speak out loud in any language. They usually work on the speak when spoken to rule, so won't initiate conversation. But they can, and will often respond when addressed. The point of their being present at all is to be a resource for you when working in the Akashics. This way, you don't have to guess about things. If you have a question, you can ask them. They will either show or directly tell you what you need to know. Think about them like your personal assistant at a museum, theme park, or school. They're there to help you do what you want and choose to do. They will keep you in bounds prevent you from going where it would be inconvenient for you to go, and will make suggestions as necessary to help you get the most from the experience. But they won't take responsibility for where you go or what you choose to do when you get there. They will always be nearby and are willing and available to help and support you even more than you realize and definitely more than you think you might need. Working with animal guides provides a wealth of experience, information, and wisdom, which can be eye-opening because it's not just pertinent to the particular journey, but to the entirety of our lives. It not only helps us understand the universe a bit better, but the universe inside ourselves. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be discussing soulmate contracts, whether they exist and what it means to have one. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.